When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At a lot of colleges, when students show up for their first day, they have to sign an honor code. Don't plagiarize, don't cheat on your exams, that kind of thing. At Brigham Young University, the big Mormon school in Utah, the honor code goes a bit further. It says men, no sideburns below the earlobe. Women, no skirts above the knee. Everyone, be back in your dorm room by midnight. No caffeine, no alcohol, no gambling. Definitely no sex, unless you're married. It's a pretty strict um, code of conduct based in teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's Erin Alberti, a reporter at the Salt Lake Tribune. For years now, she's been writing about BYU and the culture there. BYU and the church-owned schools enjoy an enormous amount of support and reverence. You know, in the community here, it is called the Lord's University. There is a sense of moral value that a lot of people attach to a BYU diploma. And a lot of that has to do with the strict honor code. For a lot of students, the honor code is part of what makes BYU, BYU. Students tend to accept BYU as an authority in their lives, as an authority in their faith. That's why it was surprising earlier this month to see protests at the flagship BYU campus in Provo, Utah. A few hundred students and alumni showed up, waving homemade signs and pumping their fists. They're saying, bring honor to the HCO. HCO stands for Honor Code Office. That's the office that enforces the code. Because another thing that makes BYU BYU is the vigilance of the Honor Code Office. A lot of people here have been hurt by the enforcement policies in the Honor Code. Students talk about being called in to defend years-old pictures from Facebook, showing them wearing clothes that don't meet Honor Code standards of modesty. You can report someone for exhibiting quote-unquote homosexual behavior. And in years past, the Honor Code Office has been accused of making the school less safe for sexual assault survivors. Some students have told stories of their abusers threatening to report them for code violations if they tell anybody about the assault. And what happens if the Honor Code Office decides you have violated the code? You might be sent away with a list of assigned readings, but you might also be suspended or kicked out of school. And the students who protested in April say living with that anxiety isn't just unfair, it's dangerous, and it goes against what their faith is all about. One athlete in particular, a former football player, said that he developed a painkiller addiction when he was at BYU and didn't seek help because he was afraid of being disciplined under the honor code. So that basically that it puts an undue burden on vulnerable students and prevents them from seeking help. But maybe more significantly, and why this differs from some of the previous issues that have come up with the honor code in the past, is that 
a lot of the students are saying they support the honor code, but the way it is enforced contradicts the teachings of the church. Today on What Next, how students and alumni are challenging BYU to make its policies less punitive, more forgiving, less about snitching, more about repenting, Christ-like, you could say. I'm Christina Cotarucci, filling in as your host. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Mormon church might not have outsized influence everywhere in the country, but in Utah, it's the most powerful institution around. It has several universities, chief among them Brigham Young University, BYU. Taken together, the church's universities enroll nearly 60,000 students. The universities are owned by the church. They are kind of seen as sort of an extension of the church. So what the BYU schools do is kind of seen by the rank and file members in many cases as sort of a signal from the church as to what their values are. I know you mentioned that there's a way the enforcement of the honor code and and the, you know, sort of tacit encouragement to maybe snitch on your roommates or whatever can enable abusive situations. Tell me more about that. Well, for example, when we reported on uh, sex assault survivors having run-ins with the honor code office in 2016, uh, there was one woman whose sex assault complaint was substantiated by the Title IX office, but she was investigated by the honor code office. She was found not to have committed any honor code violations in connection to the sex assault, but she found the whole process unnerving, and so she spoke at length with us and eventually with other media. Her roommates were not pleased that she had spoken to the media in any unfavorable way about BYU, and so over that summer, she requested her honor code file, which is available to her through federal education privacy laws. And when it was delivered, what she learned was that her roommates had made a slew of reports against her on the heels of her speaking with the media. And I have seen these reports. When she says there's bogus, I'm not just taking her word for it. They internally didn't make sense. These complaints lacked internal logic, and they explicitly said they were mad at her for speaking to the media about her problems with BYU. It was overt. They were retaliating against her for going to the media. When she got this over the summer, she realized that this was going to be a problem as long as she was there. And so she frantically asked the University of Utah if she could transfer there. But yeah, she had to leave school because of it. So there were the protests in 2016 that led to changes where survivors of sexual assault were given immunity or amnesty for any violations that, you know, they might have committed in the process of their sexual assault. But then there are these protests now, which seem more against the honor code's enforcement system broadly. 
How did we get from the 2016 protests to the protests today? Well, it's just very rare at BYU that students protest much of anything, particularly something that is understood to be as central to the campus culture as the honor code. There have been a number of developments since 2016 that started off as kind of a public safety issue, but it's so unusual that you know, BYU or the church will change its practices in response to public complaints. I know I have spoken to a number of people in the years since then who said that they felt like maybe speaking out could actually make a difference in a way that they didn't believe that it could have before. These new protests are different because they kind of focus on the honor code's enforcement itself without, you know, regardless of what are the public safety implications of it. But what's interesting, I think, one of the things that's very interesting is that that the students have felt confident and able to protest in the first place. And, you know, I don't want to, like, overstate this. It's not like 30,000 pairs of feet took to the <laughs> commons or something. And, you know, this was a few hundred people. And there were some hecklers, too. What exactly is at stake here? What can the Honor Code Office do to a student? And could the impact of an Honor Code Office violation follow a student even after they're done going to the university? Well, if you are suspended or expelled, that is visible on on your transcript. I have heard of students saying that they've needed to explain that. If you are suddenly changing schools with your head hung, everybody in your community is going to wonder what you did to violate the honor code. Are there consequences that a student might face in their church at home? It depends on who their bishop is, the local head of their congregation. In many cases, I've spoken with students who found that their bishops, and and in particular their local bishops there in their hometowns, were the most supportive people. Wow. I had talked to uh, multiple sex assault survivors who said that their bishop was the one supporting them and trying to get the honor code office to back off. The protests now as I understand it, a big part of that or, you know, an instigating factor for that was this Instagram account. Tell me about that Instagram account. So a student who had been disciplined um, in the past couple of years over sexual activity with her boyfriend that was reported to the Honor Code office started this Instagram account to collect stories from students who'd had experience with the Honor Code offices at the different BYU campuses a number of students have made posts, and it really spread through social media like wildfire. Can you tell me more about the person who started it? Yeah, her name is Sydney Drawn. Um, she's graduated. She described getting a phone call from the Honor Code office about some level of sexual contact that had occurred a while ago. She said that her then-boyfriend had reported it, had to the honor code office and they were calling and inquiring about it. She was really distraught by the invasive nature of the questions and asking about her underwear and things like this. Her mother 
was listening to that part of the phone call and corroborated that. But she said that the entire process was just extremely distressing and not something she had expected. She also said that she had been called into the honor code office because years before she had been on a vacation, on a summer vacation with some cousins and some girlfriends, and she was wearing apparel that a man had said was immodest. And so he reported it to the honor code office. The honor code office called her in and she wondered what, what these had to do with anything. This was years ago. And the honor code office worker, she said, told her, it doesn't matter how you got caught. It matters that the spirit wanted you to get caught. So this is a situation where basically if you have a beef with someone, one thing you could do is just go back through years and years of their Facebook account and see have they ever worn a tube top or something like that. Well, that's what this student said happened to her. Yeah. So this is the the Instagram account is why the honor code office protests have become national news recently. But concerns about the honor code office go back a few years. In 2016, students were protesting because it had come to light that students were being disciplined for honor code violations that came to light as a result of them reporting sex assault against them. So if they were a victim, either they reported to the school, to the Title IX office, or to police, or somehow it came out that they had made a sex assault report. And as a result, they were investigated for, and in some cases disciplined for honor code violations that were discovered as part of investigating the sex assault. And in many cases, honor code investigations were opened into students, even when the person that they were reporting was not a student. Does that become a public safety issue? Yeah, the local police department, the Provo Police Department, I spoke with a sergeant there who said that it's a major problem because predators will use whatever leverage they can find over their victims. They may identify victims based on the leverage they think they can use. And I talked to multiple students who said that they were explicitly threatened by their assailants with reports to either their bishop or to the honor code if they were to report the assaults or that threat was used to leverage even more sexual exploitation. So they had to keep submitting to sexual abuse on the threat of being informed upon. You mentioned the the police departments. I read that there were some cases where it seemed that the police department was sort of coordinating with the Honor Code Office. Is that true? BYU has its own campus police department that had been certified by the state. They're just regular police officers, but they are hired and paid by BYU. That police department worked in conjunction with all the other law enforcement agencies in the county. However, we had learned in one case, there was a lieutenant with BYU's police department who'd received email from the honor code office asking him to look into a rape report filed by a student against a non-student to get information on that student, on the on the alleged victim. He then got some intimate details from the woman's sex assault nurse exam report from her medical file that was attached to the police file and reported that back to the honor code office, which then initiated proceedings against the alleged victim. We had learned about that 
2016, the Provo Police Department and BYU themselves reportedly asked the state to investigate this practice. The state did this investigation and has said they are revoking the police department, the campus police department certification. That's a really, really big deal. Like that's almost unheard of. There's a lot of disputes and issues around private organizations being able to employ their own certified police forces, but it's kind of unheard of that they would actually get decertified by the state because of some kind of officer misconduct. Um, And they also said that there were more cases than just that one where records were being shared outside of the authorization of our public records laws. So it's, I mean, it's a big, big development. My colleague, Jessica Miller, is covering that in depth. Now, we have not been able to obtain the investigation records that the state produced. Those have been put under a secrecy order by a judge, and there really hasn't been an explanation given for that. So this brings me to what I think is one of the most interesting and and exciting, to be perfectly honest, uh, parts of the student protest, which is that they're actually using church doctrine to argue against the honor code office's uh, policies or enforcement policies in their advocacy. So to these students and alumni who are making this argument, how does the honor code office sort of violate the teachings of the LDS church? The LDS church teaches that if you sin, you can repent for it, and that Jesus provides the atonement for that. What these students are arguing is that repentance is generally supposed to be voluntary, and that it also shouldn't be discouraged, that if people face a material punishment, such as losing their education, that they might be deterred from repenting on their own because they'll be found out for doing something that can get them kicked out of school. And you, when you say repenting, you mean confessing what they've done. Yeah, that, this, that these matters should be handled with their bishop. They go to their clergy and say what they've done, and the bishop may develop some things that they have to do to repent. And they say when the school gets involved in that, the school is, one, kind of stepping into something that should be a clergy matter, and to kind of putting its thumb on the scales as to how people go about their repentance that should be something that is motivated by them and not by fear of the school or hoping to get, you know, a lighter punishment from the school, that it should be between them and the church, not school administrators. Yeah, that makes sense. And they've also raised a lot of issues with the idea of expelling people from the community over sin that in the biblical gospels that are shared by all Christian denominations, Jesus is seen comforting and including the sinners. And I think that's one of the things that makes this kind of new round of protests so striking is that a lot of the students aren't offering some practical reason why this is a problem for them. They're not just saying, oh, well, it can be, the honor code can be used as a retaliatory tool, or, oh, the honor code is discouraging vulnerable students from seeking help with things that they may really need help with. They're owning sin in a way. I mean, I, I think I remember hearing in the, some of the 
online broadcasts of the protest, somebody saying, I'm a sinner, that this isn't a Christ-like way to deal with sin. Thank you so much, Erin. Thank you. I appreciate it. Erin Alberti is a reporter for the Salt Lake Tribune. In 2017, her team won a Pulitzer Prize for reporting on the honor code at BYU. That's it for the show. I'm Christina Cotarucci, your guest host on What Next? I write for Slate and host two Slate podcasts, The Waves, a show about women and feminism, and Outward, a show about queer politics and culture. Go listen to them. They're pretty good. What Next is produced by Mary Wilson, Jason DeLeon, and Anna Martin. Thanks so much for listening. I'm looking at the Honor Code Stories Instagram page right now. They have a collection of memes about these protests. They have a photo of like a bunch of people standing around in jumpsuits holding shovels in like a desert. And it says, the Honor Code office staff about to dig through your past sins like. (laughs) Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.